The top of the East, it's tightening up a little bit. Bucks, Sixers win. Celtics are sitting there all of a sudden close to third. Plus, who's going to be close to the top of the West next year? OKC making a move. And with Pau Gasol's jersey retirement becoming a big Kobe fest, we look at who's next in line to be the inspirational player of a future generation. It's all right now on the Locked On NBA Podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Nothing gets us in the mood quite like some off-camera dancing during the opening theme song. Welcome back to the Locked On NBA Podcast. I One day we'll show it to you. Thank you for joining us on Wednesdays. On Wednesdays, it's us. It's your regular co-host. I'm John Corrales. I host the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. No, we do not need to show anyone like the whitest dancing anyone's ever seen on, on hey. camera here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm a fantastic dancer. I'm excellent. In my own 2 a.m. at uh, Maison on Frenchman <laughs> yeah, here in New Orleans. Man. There's so yeah, there's that's some of the best dancing I'm ever gonna do, man. Uh, it's my favorite, one of my favorite spots in the world. One of these days, one of these days, we're gonna get a Celtics Pelicans NBA Finals, and that's just gonna be the the party to end all parties. But until then, we're gonna have to figure out who's next in in. The, the Western Conference, is it going to be your Pelicans? Is that going to be the OKC Thunder? We're going to play real or fake in the second segment. Third segment, Pau Gasol gets his number retired. It turns into a big Kobe love fest. Uh, appropriately so. And so we start to wonder, well, who who's out there right now in junior high school, high school going, that's the guy I want to be? Who's that guy to these kids? But first, Jake... Let's look at the Eastern Conference where the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Orlando Magic, where the Philadelphia 76ers blew out the Minnesota Timberwolves, and oh my, all of a sudden the top of the East is looking a little more crowded than we thought. The Bucks are in first. The Celtics, who were in first for a very long time, are now two and a half games out thanks to their little three-game swoon. And the Sixers have won three in a row, seven of three, seven and three in their last 10. They are now a game and a half behind the Celtics. Important note, though, the Celtics do own that tiebreaker. So they're essentially two and a half games behind the Celtics. Still, everything's getting jumbled up. Top of the East, Jake, it it's is there, is Philly kind of climbing into uh the top of the class, or is Boston starting to fall out? Is Milwaukee, do you think? I'd like to hear from your perspective. I cover the Celtics. So do you think Milwaukee is separating themselves at the top? Yeah, I need to atone for something I said three, four weeks ago <laughs> when after a game we talked about the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'm like, I'm side-eyeing them a little bit. They kind of worry me. Maybe they're not as good as I was thinking. And oh my God. God, was I wrong on that. All they did was just rattle off 16 straight wins, right? They've looked good since that streak was snapped, too. That's a good team. And when you look at how many games are left to go, they probably have the one seed 
not locked up, let's say, but with 18 games left to go, right? They have the tiebreaker currently over the 76ers. They got one game to go. They're tied with Boston with one to play. If they get both of those tiebreakers, they should be pretty safe, I think, at that point, right? And that's wins also over your rivals that are going for that. So those games matter even more. So I think they're pretty safe. Like, they're just a, yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong. I'm not scared to admit it here on Locked On NBA. Got to do this. Uh, my mentions got like flooded after that, and deservedly so. I've watched them much closer since then, and like I think they're the best team in the East, maybe the best team in the NBA, depending on how you feel about Denver. I think they're going to be safe at the one seed. You know, Boston, and I'll be curious what you have to say on this. You know, the way they've kind of lost some of these games is concerning like mm-hmm. this is doing that early on in the season is one thing to be doing that now is where maybe that's the team i should be side-eyeing at this point here which probably means the lego on like a big winning streak something like that but i see it more as like that the bucks are safe boston's sliding but philly's doing enough right philly's the team that snapped the bucks winning streak by coming back from almost 20 mm-hmm. down i think it's kind of a mix of both of boston hitting a rough stretch and philly kind of peaking a little bit right now yeah i think so when it comes to the celtics it, it is concerning and if, if anybody's been listening to the lockdown celtics podcast this is the worst i've felt about the team all season long uh, and they've gone through slides they've gone through some little rough patches and I've been like, okay, yeah, it's, you work through this and you get through whatever. The fact that it's coming at the beginning of March, it, the fact that it's coming after Jason Tatum said at the All-Star game that the teams that play well down the stretch here are teams that generally go on to get to the finals and make some noise. Uh, the fact that it's happening in a way that we haven't seen since – remember last season when they went on their streak and, and they were before – before that turnaround, this is how they were playing. And then in the NBA Finals, this is how they started to play. They started to like fall apart. So it is concerning. However, when you look at the schedule, and it's something I've mentioned on my podcast, the Celtics have this one last shot here. They could, if they get their act together, there's 10 games before they play the Milwaukee Bucks. And I'll rattle them off. Portland at home Wednesday night. Then a road trip, long road trip. Atlanta, Houston, Minnesota, Portland, Utah, Sacramento. All winnable games for the Boston Celtics. Come home, Indy, San Antonio at home, and the Washington Wizards on the road. Every single one of those games, individually, is a winnable game for the Celtics. Some maybe less so, but the Celtics will be and should be favored in, in some of these by double digits. If they can turn this around, and I happen to think that they have a choice. This isn't something systemic. This is them being able to make a choice to close out games and play the right way. They can answer Milwaukee's run and then go into Milwaukee, depending on what Milwaukee does, tied, up one, down one, and then that game ends up deciding the East because that game gives one of those two teams the tiebreaker. So that's Boston's last gasp. So Milwaukee is pretty solidly number one right now. I think Boston has a chance, but it's up to them to start breaking this little, whatever habits they've started over this little stretch here, get them, get themselves playing right, closing games, playing right down the stretch, 
finding the right personnel down the stretch. If they can do that, then I think the Celtics can get back to that top seed and you you have Boston and Milwaukee kind of separate themselves again. But Philly is is a team that I think from a Celtics perspective at the top of the East, it's a race to not face Philly before the conference finals. So if you get that top seed, the other guys are, if you assume that Philly is going to beat the Cavs right now, which would be their matchup or in, in the second round, because that would be, yeah, whatever it is, however it works out, the, the second seed would face Philly before yeah. the conference finals. Yeah. And you don't want to be that. I don't think you want to be that. And, and I think Philly is showing why the number one seed in the East is so important. No, look, they, they look good. They look very good recently. You know, Joel Embiid with 39 in the win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're doing this without James Harden. You know, you, it, they might kind of come and go as Tyrese Maxey does, who stepped mm. up really well, right? He started the past uh, four or five games for them, averaging over 25 points per game during that stretch. You know, it's it, is that more due to the role that he's taking on right now, bigger usage rate, showing what he can do, or is he capable of doing that when he does come off the bench or shifts to a different role? And if he can play at this level, and I think he had 27 in the win uh, last night, that kind of changes how I view them a little bit. We know what he can do defensively, and if he can go and give you scoring like that, that's kind of like the third guy it feels like they truly need. Let me let me throw a Philly question at you. Philly started to play well here after they lost to Boston, and it looked like they were solidly in third place. Do you think the pressure of, oh, my God, we can get the top seed, will kind of throw Philly into a tail? So you think Philly is the type of team to give in to the pressure, we've seen historically their playoff performances. I'm not going to say that this is what happened, but you can look at it and make an argument that says, hey, once Philly said, yeah, okay, we're third, we're four, whatever, whatever, and they started playing loose and free, then they started playing well. And once they say, oh, oh, we have a chance to go for two, we have a chance to go for one, and then that, that element comes in, then maybe they start to get tight again and they hit a little skid. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like a Doc Rivers team to me. <laughs> not, not, not really sure how we kind of face some of the adversity and the pressure here to go after this top, top thing. It's kind of been him for a little bit, it seems like. So, yeah, sure, like maybe, you know, maybe it starts at the top there and you need to kind of have that coach be the steady guiding hand and there's been questions about Rivers when it comes to that stuff. So, yeah, maybe it's one of those things of like, okay, we kind of know where we are. Let's try and kind of then peak and maybe catch a team at the right time in the postseason. I think certainly that could be part of it, but it's it's a good question, right? Like they're the team when you look at all of these, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? You, you know, you trust the Bucks in the postseason, you trust the Celtics in the postseason, and you don't trust Philly in the postseason until they do it. Right. When they finally win, they make a finals. Even if they lose in the finals, then I'll trust them, and it's like, oh, they finally broke through, right? So yeah, and he, if they're fighting for the top, I'm going to be like, wait, not not totally sure on you guys just yet. All right, well, we'll leave that there. There's a lot to be, uh, you know, the East looked like it was decided, but there's not, there, that, that's still not happening. Hey, hey, look, Philly could go on a run and get to the top seed. They're not, it's not out of the question. 16, 15 games left for some of these teams. It's not going to be easy. It's not likely, but you never know. So we'll keep an eye on the top of the East. Uh, we should also keep a uh, an eye on the top of the West, but how about looking ahead to next season? Because the Oklahoma City Thunder 
one tonight. And Jake, are they are they gonna out Pelicans the Pelicans? Oh well, that could, oh. It could mean a number of things. Here. Be, all right, we'll talk about that next. We're gonna play our favorite game, real or fake. When we come back, another game that's gonna quickly become your favorite game is Ultimate Pro Basketball GM. It's the ultimate mobile game for those of you who have dreamed about becoming an NBA GM and managing your basketball franchise. That dream is coming true for you. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season, and lead your team to glory. As the ultimate pro basketball GM, you hire the coaches and the assistants, trade and train players. You make draft picks. You navigate your franchise through the draft free agency and all the ups and downs of a season is a in the uh, a challenging ugh, a challenging challenging is how me trying to read this thing in a challenging and realistic game world uh, ultimate pro basketball gm is completely free and playable offline play on the go play as often as you'd like as you want when you want to we're doing this on uh, the lockdown podcast network some of us are getting together having a league and uh, it's going to be fun. Bragging rights. You, you guys can do the same thing. Let us know how you do. Play with your friends. Locked on NBA listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when you use the promo code locked on in the game store. So make sure you check that out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up in, in the uh, app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. I want to thank everybody for making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. We've got team podcasts, so whatever uh, team you're looking at, we just talked about the Celtics, the Bucks, the Sixers, Locked On. Obviously, I'm the Locked On Celtics guy. Check out the Locked On team podcast for all of those shows. Any NBA team that uh, you're interested in, check them out. Check out Locked On Pelicans. That's Jake's show. Uh, Jake does a pretty good job. Pretty good job. With I show. like it. I'd listen to it personally. <laughs> uh, now, the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Golden State Warriors. Uh, of course, that was uh, a home game for the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Warriors still unable to figure out themselves on the road. Uh, I don't know. It's the weirdest Seven and 25 on the road this season. Good at home, terrible on the road. How can you be so incredibly good at home and so incredibly bad on the road? Yeah, but that's this is this is separate from what we want to talk about. Who's the best road team in the league this year? Is there like an elite road team? It seems like most are kind of like 500 at best. For the most part, I mean, it's not well, entirely the, Celtics, the case, the Celtics but have been pretty good. So yeah, the Celtics are twenty and twelve. Yeah, some in the East are not bad. Milwaukee and Boston are twenty and twelve. Philly is nineteen and twelve. Uh, the Knicks, amazingly, are twenty and twelve away from home. How about that? I didn't know that the, they were that good. The, the West isn't amazing on the road. Looking at the standings, the, the East West, isn't terrible, but the West is just like the best team in the West is the Sacramento Kings, which, eighteen and thirteen. In fact, let's see. Denver has a winning record by uh, one game. They're 16 and 15. Yeah. It's not like great there in the West. Only two teams have winning records. The The Sacramento Kings are the West's best team on the road. Well, how about that? Okay. 
Didn't know that. Learn something new here on the Locked On NBA I, podcast. I, I've looked at this when people are like, oh, do the, do the Pelicans need home court advantage? It's like, yes, yes, they very much yeah. do, as does almost every team every in the Western team Conference. Every team in the West needs home court Really advantage. needs it, yes. Wow. Um, so, but that's, that is not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about here is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who at 31 and 34 are tied with uh, your Pelicans – and who knows by the end of the week, like five other teams, <laughs> yeah, it's like there's one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. The, the guys talked about this yesterday on the podcast, how the play in tournament is just a big jumbled mess where everybody has basically the same record. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous. We're going to play real or fake right now because the Pelicans were everybody's darling. Everybody was saying that the Pelicans are going to become the next, like the next big thing in the West. Now, here comes Oklahoma City. This was supposed to be the tanking year, another tanking year. This was supposed to be, hey, you, you finally got into this position. And we've I've been on this podcast here saying, what are they doing? What are you doing? This was your opportunity. You finally got this transformational player sitting there in Wenbinyama, and and now you're you're trying to be good? What happened there? But here, here they are. And and they're they have their number one overall pick, Chet Holmgren, who they love, love, love. He hasn't played this year. Now, you have a pretty good player in Zion Williamson that has barely played this year and who has barely played. I don't know. How many games has he played in the last few years? Real or fake? The Oklahoma City Thunder are going to surpass the New Orleans Pelicans as the darling Western Conference team that's going to shake things up at the top. Yeah, I, I I actually really think they could, especially if they follow a similar trajectory to the Pelicans' last season, right? You get in through the play-in tournament, and say they get in and they're the eighth seed, right? They, they win the play-in tournament, something like that. They advance out of there. They win two games, and then they go on and face the Denver Nuggets in the first round. And say they look like somewhat competitive. They're not going to win the series, but they lose in, say, six games, and everyone realizes truly how good Shea Gilgis-Alexander is, and he kind of stars in the postseason in meaningful games you know you're gonna be kind of looking at them like you did the pelicans last season right oh they should be a top four they're gonna add chet holmgren in the pelicans were gonna add zion williamson back in chet will be a rookie but in the limited minutes we've seen him over the summer and everything in pro-ams and whatnot he looked very very good right they have a lot of other young talent there jalen williams has been really good for them too josh giddy just had a triple double in this win so you look at them and it feels like they really could take a step forward just kind of following that natural trajectory that we like to see young teams on and when you're led by a score and Shea should be able to do very well in the postseason it's almost kind of suited for his play style yeah mm -hmm. I, I really think that there's going to be very high expectations on the Oklahoma City Thunder going into next season and the crazy thing is man they can make a splash they could make a splash. I don't know how many draft picks they have, but they got a lot, and they've got enough <laughs> young players that they're intriguing, right? If you do four draft picks, four first-round picks, Jalen Williams, Lou Dort, and, like, someone else on that team, I don't know, man. You could go and get yourself a real good player for that kind of package. So if they add someone serious to that core, you know, what if somehow they get a guy like Damian Lillard and throw him on this team and you have a backcourt of Lillard and 
Shea Gilgis Alexander with Chet Holmgren and some of the other pieces they have. Like uh, that seems like a great team. That That's, team would be so much fun. You basically stole my 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 big key for them, <laughs> which is getting that veteran and it's it, that that's the key for them they've got they've got all this young talent right they've got tremendous tremendous effort tremendous uh chemistry they've 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 kind of it's it's that us against the world they got that right kind of mm-hmm. drive you're adding a player that they love they love chet holmgren they like they even with him not playing, I know that they they love his attitude. They love his his desire. They love what he thinks of how he approaches basketball, what he thinks of the game of basketball. So I know that they're very excited to get him back in OKC. So if he's as good as they think, then I guess the answer to what I was I've been screaming before was. Yeah, okay, yeah. Wembenyama, yeah, that would have been nice, but we we've got a guy. We've got our guy. We've got yeah. we believe that Holmgren's our guy. And we've already got our other guy in Shea Gilgis Alexander. You got two guys. Now what you need is the third guy. And that needs to be your 28-year-old, 29-year-old, 30-year-old guy that's been around, that's good, that maybe hasn't won and is that sees this group as his, like he's going to come in, be their OG and lead that locker room, kind of get everybody in line. He is like the sander. He's the finisher. He's going to put all the finishing touches on everything. He's going to get all those rough edges around. He's going to, this is the part where you stain the woodwork. This is where you do all of that stuff. And so Damian Lillard is a good one. I was going to say, you need to look across the league and see which star is out there that might need to change, you know, a change of scenery that could lead those guys to a, a you know, to, to raise their games to a point where they kind of overachieve or reach their potential. And so that, if they can do that, and you're right, they've got a ton of picks, their own. So many. picks. They've got so many that they, they can easily put a package together with everybody else's, all the other picks that they have, throw them all out. Doesn't do anything to your, um, the, the, your, your ability to, to draft or, or anything like that. So I like their chances and I like their GM, his shrewd ability to, to, to deal. Now the question, we've seen him do all of this stuff. Now the question is, can he do that deal? Can he find that deal for that star? Yeah, I also like that it seems like Shea Gilgis Alexander is hungry for this. You look at his quote after this game when they were talking about the standings. He says, it's exciting. I think meaningful basketball games are the best part of the season. Late stretch playoff games, those are the games we live for. And this is a guy that I think really wants to go in there and have a lot of success. And you, when you get those guys that are hungry, that aren't like kind of complacent and cool with the losing, I don't know. It feels like you elevate the team and feels like he's going to have a big showing if they make the postseason they're in the playing tournament right now they're in yeah. there if the game if the season ended today they could do whatever they wanted the next disgruntled star they're gonna cert you have to imagine they would be in the mix and they can get any sort of deal done I, I i do have to give them credit 
because a lot of us, it's easy for us on the outside to scream, lose, just, just tank, lose, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think they saw that there, there's been enough losing there and, and they, they didn't pull the, Oh, Hey Shay, how's that knee? How's just that? About to oh, make that, that joke, man. You know they I mean? couldn't, how's... they couldn't shut him down with another bogus injury again. Right. It would have been you too know? transparent. So, so I think they say, look, the, the winning, there's, there's plenty of winning here. They're like, I mean, they're, they're, we've had plenty of losing. Let's get some winning here. So let's. It, you've got to build that culture, right? Like you can't yeah. just take t- a, a group of young guys that have lost for four years and be like, we're going to do one more. Then we're going to be good. And now we need you to act like winners. Like there's something to be learned from trying to win games and trying to compete and seeing what that does to your locker room and galvanizes it in a way. And you're kind of seeing it a little bit with the Thunder right now. All right, we'll see what they do. This is a critical, critical, critical offseason for them. Uh, the Lakers are in that fight. At halftime of this Lakers-Grizzlies game, uh, Grizzlies, by the way, could have been one of those teams. I don't know what's going to happen with John Morant. But anyway, uh, at, at the halftime of this Lakers-Grizzlies game, Pau Gasol had his number retired, and it got us to thinking. Pau Gasol was out there talking uh, about Kobe Bryant. Who's next? Who in the league right now is inspiring those young kids, those young middle schoolers, high schoolers? We'll talk about that next. First, today's show also brought to you by FanDuel. We're getting ready to wrap up this season. About 15 games left or so. Some of you are in cities and states that are just legalizing sports betting like me over here in New England and Massachusetts. If you're a new customer, if you're new to sports betting, then go ahead and download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, the official sports book of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. That's a pretty good deal. Download the, the FanDuel Sportsbook app, safe, secure, incredibly easy to use. You can bet on anything, everything from the money line to point scorers, the three pointers drain, combine your bets, get a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Lots of people like doing that. Again, your no sweat first bet comes for new users at fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. That no sweat first bet gets you a thousand dollars in bonus bets for, uh, if your first bet doesn't hit. So you got you got to cash in on that. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA and official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Please gamble responsibly. I uh, want to thank everybody for making Lockdown NBA your first listen every day. Lockdown Game to Game has all these games covered. If you want to get caught up in detail on all of these games, then go check out Lockdown Game to Game NBA. It's right here on this feed. If you're looking at, if you clicked on this podcast, you probably scrolled past this other one. If you're wondering what that is, check it out. It's a quick recap of every game in the night from both sides of the uh, of both hosts. It's worth a listen. Jake, the uh, Pau Gasol ceremony. First of all, Pau Gasol gets his number retired. It's at halftime, so it's basically no fanfare. No, like it's just quick introduction. Here you go, Pau. Give a quick speech. Here's your jersey. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) 
I sat there and watched Kevin Garnett's number get retired after the Celtics game, and it became a big, like, half-hour thing, multiple videos, multiple speeches, all this other stuff. Uh, so first things first, what's up with the halftime thing? Give Pau Gasol a little bit of time to, to talk. Give give some some old teammates time to come back and be like, oh, I remember when Pau did this in the locker or something like that, man. Give, give your number number retirement is a huge deal. Give him some I mean, time. Uh, did they they retired George Mikens earlier in the year, right? And I think his was at halftime too. So maybe this is their new president. I don't know. Maybe Pound's a busy guy with things to do, so he could make it for you know part of a game. Doing? What's Pagasol doing? You can't you know what's he doing that can't get him like half an hour, you know, yucking it up He's, with some old friends. Oh no, you got to spend a whole day in L.A. and be there yeah, for a little oh, while. Yeah, right. Anyway, the 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 very quick ceremony turned into a, a, a Kobe just love fest, which uh, obviously, uh, you know, they were, they won championships together. They won two championships together. Um, it is obvious that he, you know, he's, he was very, very close with Kobe Bryant. Um, and that, that all made, made, you know, great sense that, that, that was a, a focal point of this ceremony. So we were talking before and it got us to thinking about, Who's next? Who who in the NBA today is inspiring the next generation, the young players who are going to come in when they get their jerseys retired? They're going to say, of these guys that are playing in 2023, this guy was my hero, my inspiration. It, it's like an interesting question, right? Because as you talk to players around the league, you know, there was a generation that, you know, Kobe and those, the likes of those guys kind of came in after watching Michael Jordan. And then after that, it really was Kobe who's kind of inspired everyone, right? There's a reason a lot of the press around Gasol's jersey retirement had to do with Kobe. There's a reason his name was brought up. And all deservedly so. Don't get me wrong on all of that. And you talk, even you had said it before we started recording, right? Like Jason Tatum reveres Kobe. And a number of players do. He's the closest thing to like a deity to them, I think. So it had me wondering, you know, if you take LeBron James out of the mix of guys who are in middle school, high school, that are going to be in the NBA in six, seven years, who are they going to say that they watched and were like, oh, that was the guy that made me kind of like want to be great and who I am. You know, I, I think the natural one to jump to is Kevin Durant. You know, it's, it's also a rings culture he's got rings that's important mm -hmm. too you know he's a three-level scorer that kind of does it all but and i got a butt on this like is he the type of personality the type of like kind of killer that you think of that these guys tend to kind of gravitate towards yeah. and want to kind of like emulate right like is he vocal enough is he loud enough i'm not sure that he truly is so this leads me in a different direction right when you kind of look at these guys they want to go offense they want to go with a guy who's hitting clutch shots sure. down the stretch that makes a name so i have two i think an obvious one could be damian lillard and if lillard had two rings or even one ring i think he would be the front runner for a lot of guys to really kind of model their game after right do you grow up in the backyard trying to be damian lillard hitting game-winning shots or are you just tall and you're like i'm gonna be Giannis? Right. Or yeah. Shaq, which is not quite the same sort of thing. So I think Lillard's one. I think the one that I think is out of the box that it really could be would be Devin Booker. You know, a guy with a 70 point game to his name. 
mm-hmm. is known for hitting big shots, including the postseason, starting to have some postseason success. He's kind of like a pop culture celebrity, too, with the dating life and things like that. And I wonder if that just kind of makes him a little bit like more known in the zeitgeist, to use a word, like mm. amongst things here. So I think it could be Devin Booker that you get a bunch of guys coming into the league in a couple of years that are, yeah, I grew up watching Devin Booker, wanting to be Devin Booker, hitting shots like Devin Booker. Yeah, so there there are a lot of guys out there. Devin Booker's a good one, and he's, out, like you said, outside the box. The thing that would help Devin Booker is that they got Kevin Durant now, and, and the yeah. people who haven't been watching much of Phoenix, like there's going to be a lot more attention on Phoenix, and I think, you know, obviously Booker's an all-star, and, and so he's gotten plenty of attention, but it's just that extra something, and if you can be a champion if you or get to the championship, the finals – then that that helps raise your profile for sure. Um, I'm looking at phenoms. I'm looking at the guys that do something special. John Morant comes to mind. He's a guy that's a good big one. personality. You know, he, he's got his own signature shoe. That's a guy that, assuming he gets through what he's getting through, right? Which, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. hoping that he gets through what he's getting through. Gets the help that he needs, does what he's got to do, and he can get back to being John Morant on the court. That's a guy that I can see inspiring a generation. Uh, outside the box, Shea Gilgis Alexander, if OKC makes their run, he could be a guy. But we're missing the obvious answer. The obvious answer is I, Steph I know Curry. who you're going to say. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's not who I thought you were going to say. <laughs> who, who was I going to say? So we like. It's interesting, right? Because in this conversation, it tends to be guards and backcourt players, right? I don't know what it is about that. Maybe it's just like big seem unskilled, even though they're not. So, But yeah. you're right. It, Steph Curry is a good one with the three-point shooting. He's already kind of changed the way the NBA is played currently with current players. Like, yeah, he's also got the rings, the MVP. I don't know why I didn't think of that one at all. Steph, Steph Curry has already inspired. Like, yeah. Damian Lillard wasn't taking logo shots. Until Steph took logo shots, right? Trey yeah. Young didn't come in. Trey Young comes in taking logo shots. He shouldn't be taking this season. He shouldn't be taking normal three pointers. He's not. <laughs> we talk, he's we talked about this last week. Logo shots. Logo shots are Steph Curry's thing. So Steph is has inspired his his own peers. That's the level that he is at. You know, look at the All Star Game. Look at no, how the that's All-Star a great game. one, man. People like that's pulling a up from great half court. one. So, yeah, it's Steph Curry is the most influential player of this generation because of his. Yeah, he's going to continue to be. Yeah, and he's still like he's he's aging, but he still does the thing that makes him special, um, and he does it often enough. I, I'm at every Celtics game. And when the Warriors come through and I went to the NBA finals and I can tell you every time stars come through, I can see where people gather. No one draws a crowd quite like Steph Curry. And when he comes out and does his shooting, it's a show. It's all of the kids in the stands are ooing and eyeing at his pregame warmups. And you don't get that. I don't see that in any other player that comes through. So the the answer is Steph Curry. Yeah, you swayed me on that one. That one's good. That one's good. You're right. Like it, 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 he's influencing his peers and making them change how they play. Like that's as important as it gets. I'll take it a step further. I think he's going to I think he 
is ultimately going to have the Wilt Chamberlain influence of changing the dynamics of the court because the yeah. three-point shooting is so outrageous right now. The three-point shooting has reached a level where everything is about the three. I feel like we're starting to reach a tipping point. I'm willing to bet that at some point soon, the three-point line changes. And that is Ooh. 100% Steph Curry related. I, I don't know when. I don't know how. I have an idea Ooh. of eliminating the corner three-pointers. I think el- corner three-pointers should go away. That's my own hot take. But I think the three is so prevalent. The numbers are so out of whack that the league has to consider changing the dynamics of the court and the measurements to to make the three-pointer special again. And it's Steph that made it what it is, that, that made shooting the ball from wherever what it is. So... He, he, oh, he, man, we, you just gave us uh, an off-season podcast. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. All right. Well, that sounds like a time to end this podcast. That's <laughs> All right. So, uh, hey, tell us what you think. Hop in the comments. Tell us. Is it Steph Curry? Is it somebody else? Are we missing somebody? Luka Doncic? It, you know, do we do we kind yeah, of the, the, the whole Euro us? angle that we didn't, like, get into with, with, totally. with things. But. Totally. That's a whole other angle that, you know, hey, I was just talking to Nick Angstead, locked on. Uh, Locked on Maps, who's hosting tomorrow's show, and he's like, you know, half the people that that watch my show are, you know, they're from overseas. Like, there's a whole yeah. other part of the world that exists that that it changes this. So, hey, that there's there, it doesn't have to just be one. Maybe the answer is in today's world with the internet age and and social media, which wasn't really around for you know not at this level for for the Kobe era. Maybe the answer is there's like four, five, six, ten yeah. guys that that do it. So whatever it is, let us know in the comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, for now, want to say goodbye. On Wednesdays, we're your normal hosts. I'm John Corrales, host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. You find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast on Twitter at Nola Jake. And I want to thank everybody for subscribing. If you're not subscribed, you can find the show anywhere. Show is on YouTube. Watch there, comment there, hop in there, uh, and join in the conversation and share the podcast. Tell your friends and family and everybody they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown NBA podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.